change the narrative. Yes, sir. Recruited, we're gonna beat your ass every time they see us. You understand that? Yes, sir. Roll that one. Fuck you. Yeah! Yeah! Thank you for joining the ESBC Podcast Network, where we're always want to be candid and clear. So I always say, the reason for the podcast is so I can make money. It's not for any other philanthropic reason. Or we're doing this for you. We're doing this for me and us. Because over the last 3,000 years, it's always been some form of betting. And what we do here is we make betting analysis uh, analogous to the financial markets. I have an MBA, clients worth 20 million, 50 million, right? And it's all about there is no romance without finance. So every podcast is a business meeting. And every single business meeting has to have a purpose in an outcome. Told you the purpose. Now, the outcome is college football, the last two years, documented. You can see it. You can listen to it in the podcast to find out the whys. You can go down to Twitter feed and see all the picks have been 68%. The reason that it's optimal and significant is because margins are so important in business. 68% between 52.5% is compound interest, right? It's margin, where you make money. But every year is different, right? And because every year is different, if you are the smartest, toughest person in the wrong room, you are in the wrong room. For So for that reason, we got Chad Nolan, college football player. And the last time I looked, he can correct me if I'm wrong, but he had 27 yards per catch in the arena league, right? His brother is leader at the gate as a dual threat quarterback at Oregon State to start, right? So my securities license say you cannot have uh, non public information we don't have non-public information so even though sports betting is not regulated we're going to act like it is however his knowledge of football gets to the point where his knowledge almost makes it uh gives us a competitive advantage and gets us really close to non-public material information but we're making it public here on this podcast that's why this podcast is so valuable. Literally, it has present value. So thank you for joining us, Chad Nola. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Happy to be here. Ready to share some good information with these folks and help us all win some money. Right. And uh, did you make a lot of money after you started listening to this podcast last year in the NFL season? Oh, yeah. I mean, it completely just changed my whole approach. Um, you know, started out just betting random amounts every time and trying to figure it out and uh, picking, doing a bunch of dumb parlays and uh, not really breaking everything down, you know, to the corporate governance and, you know, certain aspects of where they're playing and injuries and just, uh, yeah, I mean, this, this just took everything I was looking at to a whole new level and it gave me the, uh, the insight on how to evaluate, you know, situation spots, um, how to, 
you know, evaluate what, what teams, you know, and what spots are, are you know, are, are looking good and not just betting on, oh, this, this player and this, this coach, and oh, I like this team and um, just the, the, the rules of betting and how to, how to approach it in, in the manner to have the most success, you know? Right. And we're going to publish, uh, I'm going to do a little rewriting and edit top 10 rules of betting and we're going to publish it soon. And what we do on the podcast is we use business and financial concepts, decision science, technical analysis versus fundamental analysis is big in the uh, investing world, but nobody's ever gotten rich with technical analysis. Fundamental analysis, which uh, Chad mentioned, corporate governance is a big part of it, right? And we used it, we used decision science used by the top uh, 100 Fortune 500 company to make decisions. So you learn how to make decisions. We give you financial first aid kit and we give you mental health first aid kit. So it's not just give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, teach a man a fish, you feed him for a lifetime. So even if you're not into sports, and I mean, a lot of people are now listening to the podcast, the older podcast for the financial knowledge, right? We're teaching you basic financial concepts to fight wealth and income inequality, teaching you the fundamentals of making any life decision. I used to ask my mom what to do. She said, Josh, you're a successful, brilliant businesswoman. I used to ask my mom what to do. It's just, she would say, son, why don't you pray on it? I'm like, there has to be a better way to make this decision than just praying, right? Because hope is not a strategy. So I know scientifically now as an MBA, how to make a decision, right? So you're going to learn all that. But now we're going to teach you how to make money and monetize the SEC football season. Because it's the highest, best use of your time. We're going into an inflationary period. After this, the stimulus is going to run out. And if we're not going to be in a recession, we're going to be pretty close. So this is inflation mitigation here as we're teaching you today. Now, the first thing we're going to look at is the Alabama Crimson Tie. And uh, this year, Shad was uh, teammates with Blake Sims, right? Who knew him well from being in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we mentioned in the other podcast, and Chad being a uh, successful high school, uh, high school and, and a uh, college football player, you can see, right, uh, teams recruit college teams in a two-year cycle. For Alabama, dime cycle is to go to the playoffs like the Blake Saints year. Their up cycle, they win the national championship. They've done that six times. Right, so last year they won the national championship. This year, there's no better at roster management. Now you have two type of teams: you have developmental teams in college, and you have blue bloods. And Alabama's the bluest of the blue bloods. So what that means is that they reload. That even though it's a young team, these guys have a lot of talent, and they pay their strength and conditioning coach, which I think. And let me know your thoughts on this, Chad. Uh, being a COVID year, right? Don't know if the guy took Pfizer or Moderna. It doesn't matter. Nobody took Johnson and Johnson. If you took Pfizer or Moderna, Moderna, you're out a month. You're not going to be lifting right for a month. Mm-hmm. Pfizer, I took Pfizer. I was a little weak trying to lift. 
So it's going to mess with your workout schedule. But Alabama pays a million dollars for the strength and conditioning coach, right? Drew uh, Slavoda. Yeah. Cochran before him is making $1.2 million at the Georgia Bulldogs. So these guys are going to be good. They're just not going to be as good as they are when they have a stacked team that for sure is going to win a national uh, championship. They only return three on offense, eight on defense. Now, it's, it's amazing what modern day and West Coast football has done. She got a starting uh, quarterback at Clemson, got a starting quarterback at Alabama, starting quarterback at Georgia, all from the Trinity here in Southern California. Yep. Bryce Young, dual threat. You're going to want him to uh, run it a lot. That's the way this man thinks. Uh, eight coming back on defense was good. So that what that means for us is often not these games are going under. Uh, DeAndre King at Alabama, uh, at, uh, Miami is going to be running all over the place. They're going to hem him in. Even though uh, Nick Saban does not like to go against running quarterbacks. It's going to be the first game of the season. They say, let me know your thoughts on this chat. They say that uh, Nick Satan goes ahead and blows out people out in the first game because they worked so hard in uh, fall camp, right? No. Uh, corporate governance, you got Nick Saban. He's won seven or six national championships. One LSU, uh, the other five at Alabama. So corporate governance, good. Uh, returning people, only three on offense. And that starting offensive line only has 54 career starts coming back. New mm-hmm. offensive coordinator is Bill O'Brien, who won a Super Bowl with Satan's best friend, Bill Belichick. <laughs> Between Satan and Belichick, you got 13 titles. And one of the guys mixed in there is Bill O'Brien, who's a little crazy, right? He's a, he has mental health issues. Hopefully, he's seeing a, a therapist down down, Tascaloosa. Uh, he knows offense. His problem is trying to make things too complicated. And if things go a little south over there in Alabama, Satan's going to come in there and say, you need, you need to uncomplicate it and just tell Bryce to hand it off. Boy, <laughs> yeah. often not rely on defense. What are your thoughts on the Alabama Crimson Tide, Chad? Okay, so um, kind of like what we talked about on, on the last podcast, um, we talked some Big Ten or some uh, ACC Big Twelve. Um, right. No, I think the gap, you know, with all the guy with COVID and everybody being able to come back, the gap uh, is going to be limited. You know, Alabama last year was a lot better than everyone. Um, I think that gap is going to be slimmed down a lot, like you just talked about the O line, uh, not only fifty three career starts. Although, you know, they do have the top recruits in the nation. I don't know. I don't expect right. their line to be. They're still going to have a top offensive line in the country. Right. Um, quarterback play um, will be interesting to watch. I think it's kind of similar to like a, a blue blood, like an Ohio State with a first year new guy quarterback. I know you like that pick uh, Minnesota against them week one. Right. Um, so I think, you know, that, uh, you know, big game, that first game, like Miami going in there with the new quarterback. Um, it will be interesting. Like, I don't think we're, you know, Alabama was covering 30 point spreads. Like it was nobody's business last year. Um, right. They've finished the season uh, nine and four against the spread. 
um, which I think we're going to see a way, way decline. I think they're going to be more around 500 against the spread this year. Right. Uh, verse nine and four uh, with, with all that. So and remember, uh, that's the opening line, right? So when people bet it up, that bet up number was more five and six. So that's what you got to look at. You got to look at the opening Alabama line and then have the public bet it up, right? So that is, right, we talked about technical analysis. Nobody's ever gotten rich with technical analysis. However, a lot of people have gotten rich selling technical analysis, which is what you see on CNBC, guys. They're on CNBC and not in an island in Fiji, away from everybody with COVID, uh -huh. because they've made money selling technical analysis. They haven't gotten rich using a system. The people in Fiji on the island use fundamental analysis and taking advantage of market inefficiency. So you take advantage of market inefficiency when you see that Alabama line at minus 17 and suddenly is plus 25 past another key number. So your key numbers are 3, 7, 10, 14, 21, 24. You see it at plus 25. I bet you that... Well, we use probability theory, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I bet you that plus 25 inflated line was eight and two versus that nine, four, or, you know, the inflated line was probably yeah. 11 and two, yeah. nine, uh, nine, four. The opening, in the opening line, only the rich guys, friend of the casino owner, get in, in Vegas. You're going to get more inflated line when you go to DraftKings or wherever, Bovada, whatever you're betting. Right. So, yeah, that Miami's inflated line. We did the ACC. So what do you think about that Miami game uh, with the line? Let me look up that line for that game. Yeah. It's, uh, while you're looking for that, a few more games on the schedule that I'm maybe looking to fade Bama. Um, they come off a bye against Mississippi or, or Mrs. Oh, Miss is coming off a bye. Um, right. October 2nd, so they're going to be rested up, but that's going to be a big game. I think they throw the kitchen sink there at Alabama. And then you got also Mississippi State two weeks later coming off of a bye. Right. Um, maybe a look-ahead spot for, for Bama. Um, and then the end of the year against Auburn. Um, you know, if Auburn has got a few losses and they're not going to have any postseason play in SEC playoffs or national playoffs, um, you're going to see Auburn, you know, throw like, you know, even though it's a big game for Bama too, um, but if Bama's, you know, nine and one and they're going to S SEC postseason play, national, you know, playoffs, postseason play, um, they're going to be more inclined to hold some stuff back for those games and where Auburn isn't going to have anything to save it for. So, um, you know, Auburn giving up two touchdowns or something in a game like that uh, might be something we look, look to play. All right. So, you know, if you see the screen here, Trash. Yep, I see it. Alabama plus 17 and a half. DeAndre wow. King, Heisman Trophy guy. Now, now the office coordinator at Miami is Rhett Lashley. And, and Rhett, good old Rhett, he beat Nick uh, Saban when he was, and he's probably studying his whole life. When he was the uh, office coordinator at Auburn with our friend uh, Malzahn. Yep. And let's see how that Miami's offensive line 
Uh, hold up here. Look, what's the, what's that over under in that game? I think that might be a real nice under game there. That Miami Bama. Yeah, it, it's been bedded up, so we got a marketing efficiency. So when I started at sixty two point five. Uh huh. Bedded up to sixty five. Yeah, I like that under. Yeah, so that under is pretty good. Except I see this game being uh, twenty four seventeen thirty one seventeen. Yep. Because uh, the coach there at uh, coach there at Miami, uh, Coach Diaz, Manny Diaz, is a defensive guy. So he doesn't want a game against Alabama. It's really a recruiting game, even though they want to have recruits there. But yeah, because you're going to see how he does against uh, Alabama. And Bama re- returning those, you know, those eight defensive starters, we they'll be pretty stout on defense, you know, right. probably probably a lot slower on offense than defense to start. Right. Miami returns 190 career starts on that offensive line. Yeah. I, I think I like uh that plus 17 and a half. Miami looks looks pretty good too. I that mean, looks pretty good. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I have ADD, so we're going to have to bet that right now. <laughs> As we're talking, right. I don't forget it's already in. So, right now, I am going to my favorite online sports book. I'm betting those Miami Hurricanes. Now, uh, businessmen think short term. No, actually, salesmen think short term. Business men and women think long term. So I'm getting 17 and a half. What that means for us is that I'm going to buy that half a point and make it plus uh, plus 18. Your Miami Hurricanes, first game of the season. Uh, teams like this, even though you kind of feel maybe they'll win, they're probably not going to win. But the game might be tied at halftime. And they're not going to get blown out, especially since they're returning so many guys on that offensive line. And lastly, the offensive coordinator at Miami has beaten Nick Saban before. So he's not, there's no intimidation factor. And he's going to know a few things that his uh, defense is going to do because he has a, a process. That you can argue with has won really when you put him with Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, who basically runs that same defense. We're looking at 15, 16, either Super Bowls or national titles. Does that make sense, Chad? Yep. Because you probably even played that. Oh, where I'm looking at right now, Bobata's plus 19. Wow. So people are, are betting uh, uh, up. Yeah. And that's, that's an inefficiency. People are just betting the Bama name, that Alabama roll tide bandwagon, and they're not, <laughs> they're not analyzing the, the details of this game. And uh, Well, DeAndre King is supposed to be, right? Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, and, he, and he's behind the offensive line that's got 150 starts. I mean. 190 starts. Yeah, 100. Yeah, I mean. So this podcast is money. This is currency, people. <laughs> what about that? What about that over/under number still up there at sixty-five? 
Uh, let me look at it. So excited here. We're live. See, you're seeing how the Sasha's is made. Uh, Bovada hasn't put over on it. So we know the starter was 62. Some places being bet at 65. Yeah. Look for that hunger in England because this is what happens too, right? With COVID, COVID is another advantage, right? Because people, I just got a text today if somebody's going to be in Vegas. Now, with Delta kind of breaking through, my wife's had cancer five times. She's low immunity. So if I'm going to go to Vegas, I also have to get in a big argument with Anna. <laughs> but I just got a text from people who are, who are, they don't care about the variant. They don't care about anything. They're not going to miss being in Vegas for the first week of football, NFL college, right? Two years in a row. So what are they going to do? They are going to bet the favorite. They're going to go Alabama minus 19. Yep. Over 62. Over 65. Over Exactly. They don't care. They haven't been doing their research. And it's amazing. Uh, I would say this story because it's true and it's crazy. Uh, I, one of the cases where I ended up making close to 300 grand, the way it started is one guy was fighting the other guy over a restaurant. And I asked the guy, you're in business with this guy. You gave this guy $4 million. No problem. I'll start the case. Uh, I'll set up a box that nobody can hack into, put it in a box. Uh, your business partner's credit report. He's like, what? I, I didn't do that. I'm like, what? Oh, the moral of the story is always do your research. And you'll be shocked how many people are not doing their research. So number two rule of betting that you'll see is always do your research. So right there, you saw a little bit of the research. To finish off the research, we'll pull up the Miami Herald and read it and pull up Alabama Live, right? <laughs> Alabama Live, you can probably get it for $2 for the first four months and then uh, $13.99 the following month. So what are we going to do? We're going to uh, get the subscription to Alabama Live, and then when it becomes $13.99, we cancel the subscription. Because <laughs> so we're the, just to read about Alabama football. So always do your research. And then we're doing our preseason research, right? And that's usually we buy all the preseason magazines. But Phil Steele does a great job. So, man, we're making you money with Alabama. Bryce Young, as good as he is in modern day, uh, those Miami defensive linemen, it's nothing he's seen when he was in modern day. Modern day, when you watch their games, it seems like it's seven on seven. And I never saw him get body slammed or anything like that. Maybe in practice he's been body slammed because, you know, Coach Saban wants to get him good. But – not at modern day. So they go Mercer at Florida. Uh, Florida's in similar situation. They're on a down cycle, a two-year cycle. But that game might be closer than the spread. You're going to have to do your research at Texas A&M. What do you think about that game? At Texas A&M, uh, Jimbo Fisher, the at Mississippi State, uh, 
But that time is going to be midseason. It's going to be a totally different Alabama team going to the RA, right? Tennessee is in transition. Knicks, Saban, because this is a traditional game, an RV game. An RV, RV game in the South means the, the whole parking lot is full of RV. Very nice people. You walk through and they go, boy, boy, do you, I don't see you with a beer or a hot dog in your hand. Get over here. They give you a beer and a hot dog at the RV. You sit there partying, going to RV to RV, drinking, all for free, all very nice people. Nick Satan always covers those games. He's made money on all those games. Additional game, big game for the billionaire uh, Alabama alumni. Week off before LSU. And in the intro, you hear the coach at LSU. Then you go, North Carolina, uh, New Mexico State before playing. Arkansas, or like my wife calls them, Arkansas, and then those Auburn Tigers, and Chad's already looking at Auburn in that game, at Auburn, a place called Opelika, Alabama. And uh, the only reason I know that is 30 years ago, I used to date a girl that went to Auburn. It's a drive from the Tampa Bay area to Opelika, Alabama. The only reason you do that is for a girl. <laughs> Any thoughts before we leave those Crimson Tide? No, I'm ready. Let's let's keep it going. Arkansas next. Arkansas next. And you always look at those Alabama wide receivers, man. They've gone with Marvin Cooper. You know, just some really great ones. Julio Jones, what they put three in this year with Devontae. Uh, yeah. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, both looking like they're going to be studs this year as rookies. Big time. Jerry Judy last year. Right. Uh, so he, he knows how to coach up those, those wide receivers and uh, the strength and conditioning coach as well. All right. So takes takes me Aggies, corporate governance, which is fundamental analysis. You got good old Jimbo Fisher, won a national title at Florida State with James Winston. Uh, they return nine on defense, so they're going to be fine on defense, and six on offense. Uh, last year, the huge year, the offensive line kind of because they had Mond, uh, who's with Minnesota right now, he could run, so he, he kind of uh, masked whatever issues they had on that offensive line. So they go eight and five, nine and one last year. Probably should have been in the playoffs. Would have gave uh, Alabama, who, yeah, they would have gave uh, Clemson a better. Would have gave Clemson a better game than what Notre Dame did. And they have some transfers. There are only one starter coming back on that uh, offensive line. They have. 10 22 25 26 26 starts in that offensive line the very very young offensive line and you got you got to think with they're young like that you got to question their depth i know the the 
the actual numbers are going to be there. But what's the quality, right? The guy's not starting for a reason, and he's young. So anybody on that offensive line gets hurt. Uh, in SEC play, uh, Texas A&M is not going to be doing So they're going to rely a lot on that defense, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to rely a lot on that defense. It's going to be a first-year starter quarterback. So going nine to one, two-year cycle, they're on a down cycle, their two-year cycle, right? But they're going to rely on the defense. That means that a lot of these games are going under. Yeah, I think especially, too, like in the beginning of the season, maybe the offense catches up some point halfway through. But those first four or five games, I think you look for the unders with them until you see that start to pick up. Right, because you got Kent State at Colorado September the 11th. Uh, they should beat Colorado in Denver in that high altitude, but you're not going to blow out Colorado. So you would go dog Colorado Buffaloes and under that total. It's the way you, you look at that. Uh, Alabama, they're going to be in similar sheets of wages. So that Alabama game definitely looked at that under an Alabama game because you're going to be using the statistics from the last time they played. It's two totally different teams. These teams are going to rely on defense. So look for that under at Alabama, at Missouri, which has been a traditionally high-scoring team the last four or five years. Look for that game also to uh, go under. And then uh, at Mississippi and at LSU, LSU is a, a grudge game, right? Um, Craig, which was the recruiting coordinator at Florida State, became um, kind of stabbed Jimbo Fisher in the back and became the recruiting coordinator, running backs coach at LSU. And after that seven overtime game, uh, Jimbo Fisher's son tried to fight Craig, and Craig uh, busted him in the jaw. <laughs> so yeah. this game is personal. So all bets are off when they play LSU, the Reverend 27. What are your thoughts on Texas A&M, Shaq? Um, you pretty much hit it all. I guess what I'll finish up with, uh, you know, they're they're gonna they're projected to be to finish second behind Alabama in the SEC West. So they're projected to be a really good team. We just talked about the you know their defense being pretty stout. Um, that being said, you know, they probably, probably are going to go nine and two, but, um, you know, against the spread, they're not going to go nine and two. They're going to be six and five, five and six against the spread. So, um, I would just say with a team like Texas A&M and a team like Bama that are just, you know, going to win a lot, you know, win nine to 10 games for sure. You can't be afraid to fade these teams against the spread. So you got to find those, those spots where, you know, they're not going to blow them out. Like we said, the defense early in the year, um, the defense, they're going to be relying on that defense, um. Bama and Texas A&M are kind of similar in the fact that they're returning a lot of defensive guys. They are kind of young on the offensive side. Um, so early on, you know, I would tend to see the unders and then maybe not covering early, maybe starting to cover later as they start getting offensive chemistry and flow together. Um, so, yeah, don't be don't be shy about fading Bama and um, Texas A&M. If you're getting enough points in, in the right spots, you're looking at it. Don't just don't just be bet, betting favorites every time. That's 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 how exactly. I think. Exactly. Always do your research. September 25th, Arkansas. I think Arkansas can beat them outright. So uh, I'm going to bet, let's say, $1,000 on Arkansas to cover the dog. 
put a hundred dollars at Arkansas to win outright. Mm-hmm. All right. And then we go to your LSU Tigers. Love LSU because last year LSU, LSU returned two starters on uh, defense. This is the epitome of situational game. They were playing KJ Costello and Mississippi State. They were like plus 22 against Mississippi State. So I knew the coach, Costello, was going to lit them up, right? Knew the game was going to go over, and I knew that Mississippi State was going to cover those 22 points. I put my $100 because I thought maybe they could beat them outright, right, with two guys starters coming back on defense, like six true, true freshmen. I'm like, well, what if, when these guys were out, they're not going to have much depth. So that's exactly what happened. Mississippi State won outright. It was plus 500, man. So you got plus 500 and the side on that and the toll. Love you, LSU Tigers. This year, they returned nine on offense, nine on defense. So last year was the down cycle of the two-year cycle. This is an up cycle for Coach Orgeron. Remember, the year before, they had won the national championship with Joe Burrow. Yep. And when uh, they were 15 and 0 and were 11 and 4 against the spread that year. Yes. Won us a lot of money uh, picking those over right away because it was just astronomical. With Joe Brady was the offense coordinator. He's now the offense coordinator with your Carolina Panthers. Uh, he switched out offensive coordinators. He's got a lot of Joe Brady clones there now. All the starters return on that offensive line. They start off with UCLA to begin the season. What are your thoughts, Chad? Um, yeah, I mean, they're returning nine offensive starters, nine defensive starters. The O-line is returning the entire two deep. So all five starters and all five backups are all returning. Um, yeah, I mean, shoot, like you said, it's an up-year cycle for Ed Ogeron. He's going into his sixth year there. Um and, I mean, he's really – as just a coach, if you just blindly betted Ed Orgeron, I mean, he's he's five, six games above 500 against the spread in his tenure there. Um, he seems to do well as a, as a coach to back. You know, he's – he's um, – he's, he, you, you there, Josh? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he's, he's done well with good talent. He's done – you know, he's – even with lesser talented teams, he still seems to – um, at least get it, you know, like, right. He can like get it. He's a great motivator. Yeah. Married, so. he, he does two things, right? He's married to the game of football, right? He's married to the game of football and, uh, he's gotten divorced because he's married to the game of football. Yeah. And it's kind of the worst paper they're online is for yeah. neglect. All he does is watch film, but he, he really delegates to those assistant coaches First game of the season, and similar to next uh, Satan, he works his team so hard in fall practice. So is that theory valid, Chad, where they say they work their team so hard in fall practice, there's no way they're going to lose that first game? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's true. You know, that's he's the type of guy that kind of they, he goes so hard so the game's easy, that motto. And something we talked about before the podcast, I, like 
I feel like Orgeron is just a guy that, like, he, regardless of X's and O's and football scheme, he's a guy that just the kids want to play for. They like him. He's a player's coach. Um, he gets his guys rallied up, and they, they want to give him that best effort, and they want to play for him as much as they want to play for their teammates and their brothers on the field there. So, um, yeah, I, I like that about, about Orgeron. He's a guy, a, a definitely a, a, a coach I like to back more than I fade. Yeah, uh, I like this minus four against UCLA at UCLA. UCLA would have played a game before at uh, Hawaii. I even like Hawaii plus 18 there. Uh, and under this, it's going to be close to 70. Uh, for LSU, it's almost like when you go to the plate with four bats, you go back to one and feels lighter. The weather's going to feel a lot fresh here in Southern California. You can either yep. fan duel still get minus three. Uh, with that big offensive line, they want to control the game. That's a big thing with the offensive line. Get a lead, you control the game, run clock. So, LSU minus three, under 70. The first game against UCLA. All right. Uh, at Mississippi State, right? Mississippi State beat them last year. You're going to have to look at the numbers there. Uh, actually, look for them to either, after playing Mississippi State and Auburn, look for Kentucky or for them even to get beat when they play Kentucky because uh, they have to put things in their back pocket because that Florida game at home, that's huge for the alumni. Everybody wants to beat Florida, all right? So it's kind of semi-rivalry uh, game. Then play at Mississippi. Then they have a week off before playing Alabama. Remember what we said, Alabama is not as good as they've been in the past. So what do we do? We do fundamental analysis, which is actually a little outside fundamental analysis. It's an entity among itself. But this one man made $39 billion dollars. And his whole strategy in investing was taking advantage of market inefficiencies. Just like the guy from Jeopardy, his only strategy was return to the mean. You can make money betting just taking advantage of market inefficiency. So there's probably going to be a market inefficiency in that game. And then again, the grudge game against Texas A&M. Uh, either way, I, I would take the dog. Uh, pass the key number in that uh, LSU-Texas A&M game because of the personal, right? I'm sure Coach Craig, even though he's the running backs coach, he has a play ready for that LSU team. He's going to go to the offensive coordinator. Coach, we run this play. It's a touchdown. Same thing for uh, Jimbo Fisher's son, <laughs> right? It's a grudge game. So either way, pass the key number. Anything else on LSU? Uh, no, that's, that's it for me. Yeah. Then we got uh, Lame Kiffin and those Mississippi Rebels. Uh, corporate governance is big for him. His daddy is uh, Monty Kiffin, won a Super Bowl with John Gruden at Tampa Bay. Uh, DJ Durkin is his defensive coordinator. He was defensive coordinator in Michigan. Uh, then he went to uh, Maryland, and 
uh, several of his play, players committed suicide after fall practice because he was that much uh, demanding and demeaning. The guys are a little different than where they were. He gets fired there, but he's too good of a football coach to be banned forever. He went to intensive uh, anger management training and to clean up his mouth and his demoralizing of people around him. So now he's rehabilitated by Lane Kiffin over there in Mississippi, which they don't care what he does anyways. Uh, his offensive coordinator is himself. Got to watch for guys who are control freaks. He's a control freak. He's going to let nobody else call plays or design the offense other than him. But he has other responsibilities. But he's at Mississippi where he gives a lot of slack. A very, very, very conservative state. His uh, special team coordinator is Chris Patridge, who actually was the head coach at uh, Florida Atlantic. So he had corporate uh, governance. You, you look at it to one point, right? Mississippi can only go so far. They return eight on offense, nine on defense. And his offensive line returns... Uh, 64. 64 returns. So tell me about teams like this. He's an offensive guy. All he wants is defense is to get him one stop. He thinks he can blow out and outscore everybody. Uh, look for early in the year for his games to go over. Later on in the year when Vegas catches up to him to go higher, right? Uh, what are your thoughts on your Mississippi Rebels, Chad? Yeah, I think they're uh, kind of contrastly built to like the Texas A&M's and Bama's of the. Right. Um, yeah, that'll be an. I mean, they, they they'll be coming off a bye playing Bama there mid about midway through the year. Um, that could be a really big game, and they both could be undefeated at that point. And that could be really for you know first place right there in the SEC West. Um, so, yeah, I think those overs early in the year, I think definitely um, there'll be some market efficiency with uh, them not adjusting to the style of play that will be being played there. Some Definitely something to look at um, that could be very profitable. And then, yeah, that game against Bama, that should uh, that should be an interesting one, I think. Uh, yeah, and the great there is because uh, this is some insight I got from somebody who works in the athletic department at Alabama. Uh, none of Nick Saban's kids are his biological. He, he adopted all his kids. And one of his adopted daughters, it was 24, uh, started sleeping with Lane Kiffin. So when Miss, uh, I think her name is Miss Ann, Nick Saban's wife, was Miss Ann found out. That's when Lane Kiffin got fired. He's like, no, you got to fire this dude right away. That was before the national championship game. He, like, Kiffin gets fired, and uh, Sarkeesian uh, becomes the office coordinator. So <laughs> we know for sure Nick Saban's wife has a grudge against Liam Kiffin. So let's yeah. see how that game is. Uh, they have a grudge against each other. I don't know if he's still dating her or what, uh, but that's grudging you have to do your research find out the grudges between these coaches because yeah. that makes a lot irrelevant yeah might might be a good underplay with uh with them knowing each other 
with Saban kind of knowing Kiffin and his offensive scheme, you might be able to slow him down and, uh, and vice versa. And vice versa, exactly. So, I mean, it might, it might be – if that number gets up there pretty high, it might be a good under game with the familiarity between those two coaches. Yeah, even though Bill O'Brien's a smart guy, I think there might be a problem with him because he's he's kind of quirky. And I, I almost can guarantee he's going to overcomplicate the, the offense for Bryce Young. Uh-huh. Or later on in the season, Nick State tells him to uh, simplify so that's Mississippi. Do your research. We're going to be giving out games each week. So let's check back with us as we do our research and uh, see what's going on with those Mississippi Rebels. We're going to deal us. Next team is going to be Coach Hartson and your Auburn Tigers. Made a lot of money for me all these years with that under Gus Malzahn. What Gus Malzahn wants to do is wear out the other team control the game with the offensive line. And a lot of these games were overpriced and got the under. And teams like that cover large spreads. So we made a lot of money with Auburn last year. This year, completely different. You got corporate governance, which is using fundamental analysis to analyze investments. Uh, it's Mike Bobo, who did a terrific job at Colorado State, the alumni there, even though this man had a winning record, got him to bowl games every year, too demanding, right? They won too much. You can't win a national championship out of Colorado State. But he goes to uh, South Carolina last year. His offense was over 30 points a game, lights out in South Carolina. Now he's at your offensive coordinator at Auburn. Defensive coordinator, Derek Mason, who uh, was a defensive coordinator with Harbaugh. With Harbaugh won all those games at, at Stanford. Then went to the NFL. Then he was coaching Vanderbilt and won. That's uh, a lot of money keeping those games under. And uh, Vanderbilt covering those large spreads for us. So we like Derek Mason a lot. They return. Uh, I don't put Eight. stock in this, but they return 13, four and five stars on the offensive line. And I'll ask you that question. Uh, do stars matter? It's a guy uh, five star or six. You know, I think, I think it can matter, but I, don't, I wouldn't say it's uh, definitive by any means. I mean, right. it can definitely play a role, um, but some guys are, are not rated right anyway. So right. It, it's hit or miss there. Yeah. So they have 89 career starts in the offensive line. Bo Nix who was progressing last year, he's penciled in a starter. He's going to be a three-year uh, starter. It's going to be a third-year starting, right, with Mike Bobo. They return eight on offense, seven on defense. So Auburn looks good. What are your, what are your thoughts on Auburn Tigers? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like uh, I like that O-line, five, five starters returning. That's huge with a quarterback. Right. Bo Nix in his third year. Right. Uh, Bo Nix actually comes out to Southern California in his offseason, gets some work in with Jordan Palmer out here. I've seen him, seen him throw in person quite a bit. Oh, wow. uh, what are your thoughts on him? He's a, I mean, he's a, he's a, he looks the part, man. He's a big, strong kid. He, the, he throws the ball well. Um, What's his seen, work ethic, man? Yeah, his work ethic is on point. I love the way he works. I love the way his attention to detail and how he approaches, you know, the just offseason workouts. So 
Um, and I really like the kid. I think, uh, I think he's, he could be a huge difference maker for this team. First year coach right. with all, with all these, you know, eight offensive starters returning seven defensive starters. Um, like I said, you know, that, 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 uh, that iron bowl against Bama, you know, I think that's a good spot for them to cover in. I like them there. And I just think, uh, I think they're a team, um, that's kind of projected more middle of the pack sec that I think right. could push their way to the upper middle, um, you know, top to one of be one of the top, you know, three or four teams in the conference. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm uh, I think they have some of the best upside, um, right now. Uh, we'll just kind of see how everything meshes with the first year coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm liking Auburn. I'm, I'm, uh, I, I think they have a lot of potential and they're a team. I think that is a, against the spread going to do pretty well, you know, you know, seven and four against the spread, something like that. Yeah. Because it's irrational. how uh, the teams are hyped up. So Penn state's going to be hyped up. Uh, each team in the big 10 gets $50 million. So there's a lot of media, a lot of gaslighting and lying about Penn State. So September 18th at Penn State, after Auburn plays Arkansas and Alabama, that'll be an interesting line when it comes out. Yeah, yeah something like Penn State plus 17 because they beat Wisconsin in the first game. You have to look hard at Auburn. And I think you're right what you're thinking. And you play, man. Your uh, instincts are saying a lot of these early games are going to go under. Right. Yep. And you're thinking already Auburn's gonna cover Alabama. You got third yeah. year starter against first year starter Bryce. Yeah. Uh, and and even, gonna... yeah, and even though it, it it's an, the iron bowl, I mean I just think it has really big potential to play out to be a really a look ahead spot for Alabama who's focusing on I got an SEC title game and a playoff run coming up. I just think it could be for a young guy like Bryce Young, you know, a, a younger Bama team all around um, could be a spot where they just, you know, they don't, you know, they're, they're younger. They're not as in, you know, in um, engulfed in the rivalry, you know, from, they're not, you know, the local guys, you know, I think if you're a high kid from Bama, that rivalry is way more amplified than being a California kid coming to Alabama for that rivalry. Right. Uh, so maybe just a spot for them to maybe look ahead a little bit and, uh, Still win the game, but I think if you know you get two touchdowns with Auburn, I think they're going to cover that. No, and it's very interesting because you uh, worked out a lot with that Satan Belichick Mafia this year, right? The Cam Newton, Jason Statham, Bo Nix, who uh, is good friends with Jason Statham, right? Yep. So very, very interesting. Those are the people that control college football in the NFL. So we're going to make a lot of money, Chad, this year. Betting these games. Now, the next team is going to be – so Auburn, that's that. Look at them, those two games, Penn State and Alabama, and then check back with us throughout the season when we do our research. And collaborate with us because betting is the only form of um, wagering where we collaborate with each other because it's us against the casino, against the bookmaker, and other betters out there. And we have a long track record of winning and making a lot of money for ourselves and for other people. So we have Mississippi State next, four and seven last year. They returned eight on offense, eight on defense. They're the air raid. So uh, two questions before we get into them, right? Or after I tell the stats. 
first question is going to be, does the air raid, does it matter how many guys you, you return in the offensive line? Because they really don't have to run block. They have to just protect the, the quarterback. It's going to be a freshman quarterback. It doesn't matter because it's Mike Leach. Uh, defense, he just lets the defensive coordinator do what he wants. It's a guy that he got out of. He's, he was like uh, the safety coach of Missouri. Just randomly met the guy. He impressed them, and he's done a good job with them. The last few years at Washington State, now at Mississippi State. So what are your thoughts on the Rebels? What are your thoughts if uh, starts on the offensive line matter when it's an air raid team? Um, I definitely uh, – I, I think they, can, they could possibly matter less, um, but I do think at certain points it's, it, it will show up, especially with right. the young – quarterback i think if the quarterback was a vet in the air raid right um you know like a tom brady is not going to matter he's going to get that ball out and protect himself with this by himself with no line right or um, the younger quarterback i think it could show up a little bit more um i i know leach as a coach i've never met him i i've got a couple good friends that have played for him um he seems to just be less of a player's coach kind of more of a getting your ass a raw um you know, I know he's, he's he's turned some guys off with that. Um, he's, he's gotten sued. That's why he got fired from Texas A&M because he got sued for being like DJ Dirk. I mean, he's that bad. He doesn't yeah. talk to any other players. You talked about it earlier. But sometimes when things get rough, you want to, you'll play for the coach and you pay yeah. for the brothers around you. But when yeah. the guys like this and things go south, they really go south. And yeah. that explains so- his long losing streaks. He's won a lot. But when yeah. things go south, he goes into long uh, losing streaks. Last year, he he went that Alabama uh, that LSU game. He went there outright for it for me. But I understand every week is different. So I looked at it next week, and he lost six out of uh, seven out of the last uh, eight games after beating LSU. And it could be what you're saying. He's a jerk. He doesn't talk to any of the players. You only yep. talk to his uh, position coach. If you have a problem, he has a closed-door policy. Don't talk to me. Go talk to your parents. Go talk to your therapist, your position coach. Leave me alone. That's my leech. <laughs> yeah. But he doesn't I, uh, care. He's making $5 million a year, so he doesn't care. So what's your thoughts on Mississippi State? I, I think they, they could potentially be a, a, a very, very one of the worst teams Um I, I mean, I like, like you said, once this things start going bad for them, I think they are a team you want to fade. I think against the spread, they're going to be below. He he finished last year five and six against the spread. I see something similar to that or maybe even worse. Right. Um, I also think overs uh, with the way his style of play and the air rate is. And um, I, I think overs will be pretty good with them for, for the season. Uh, right. I think – they're going to – they'll be over 500 to the over with the fact that style of offense they run and how, you know, the defensive coordinator is going to kind of have his freedom here to do whatever he wants. Um, so, yeah, I'll be looking – I'll be looking, uh, I'll be looking at, at, uh, at overs with them, and I'll be looking to fade Leach a lot more than I follow him this year if I'm picking my spots. Yeah, he's very stubborn too. I know that Washington beat him every year they played him. Because uh, the air raid was worked against the air raid. Same thing with the SC is rushing three, dropping eight. And, but some coaches are stubborn, man. It won't, won't do that. And you face that too, right? As a player, you told me once, 
the coach said, uh, I don't care if you're 10 times better than the guy in front of you. If we see a certain defense, this is the play we're going to run no matter what, right? <laughs> the stubborn. It's like they're stubborn and you're going to rush four against him and play a conventional defense and he eats them up. But he didn't change the game plan ever against Washington or teams that did that. And he got beat every time. The SEC, there's too much money involved. Uh, they're not going to do that. September 18th at Memphis. Memphis is uh, Fred Smith. Fred Smith is the owner of FedEx. So he gives them multi-billionaire. He's retired, really. He gives them all the money he wants for that program. That's a recruiting game for Memphis at Memphis. Third game of the season. Uh, even though the team that I graduated from, you know, the conference AAC is in it, but not with realignment. This game means even more to Memphis because Memphis uh, wants to increase the value of their program to either, you know, become a big part of the Big 12 rewrite or, you know, the Big 12 uh, disintegrates and the best ones go to the AAC, this will improve the value of the Memphis program and the money uh, that they're going to get from ESPN, especially if they beat a Mississippi State team with Bo Rogers in his first year of a leech offense. And remember, he changes his quarterbacks a lot because he is such a jerk, right? Once yeah. thing, he had a quarterback uh, commit suicide too. Yeah, one of his quarterbacks. I don't know if you met him because he was a Southern California guy. Yeah, he's actually I, – I played junior junior college with his big brother. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. So, yeah, you've seen him. Yeah, so that was a very sad case. He was with the wrong guy. I think if he had a better coach, better personal guy, you know, things might have been that dire in his head that he had to take such a drastic step. Uh, so, who knows what's going to happen to Bill Rogers. I know he's going to have to have a very, very thick skin and very good support system around there. And Starkville, Alabama is one of those places where you do not want to go to. I will never step one foot in Starkville, Alabama or Starkville, Mississippi, because it's so depressing. There's absolutely nothing. Uh, so this is a personal place to begin. So I can see guys, a lot, a lot of guys quit last year. So at Memphis, Memphis is a more happening town. Uh, Memphis is going to be fine. Uh, LSU, the rematch. Uh, remember, Coach O is divorced. And if you read those divorce papers, Royce mentions neglect. Then at Texas A&M, right, those are games I'm going to be looking hard at. Memphis, LSU, Texas A&M. And then uh, two jerks, right, to take things personally. It was a crazy game against Mississippi last year. And... They uh, lost uh, 24-31. Look for two offensive coaches for that game. Definitely to go, to go over. Any more thoughts on Mississippi State? No. No, that's, I'm good. All right. So we're going to go. After that, we're going to go with your Arkansas Razorbacks. This is one of my favorite teams in the uh, SEC because of a coach, right? Coach. He's put 13 offensive linemen in the NFL. Uh, I would encourage you to go on YouTube and listen to his press conference. Old school son of a guy. 
He's like, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. He acts like that and dumb, but he's actually a very intelligent man. That's why he's making $5 million a year as a head coach. He's a great recruiter. And he's a great exit and those guys when it comes to the offensive line. He's never been a coordinator, but he's a good manager. And he is a uh, great offensive line coach. So even though they uh, only have two starters coming back, right? And they only have maybe 20, let's see, this year, Arkansas returns all five starters and career starts jump to 110. They have a first-year quarterback. And listen to him on YouTube, his press conferences, he says, I hate to take a read away from my quarterback, but even if they know they're running and we stack the line, we can still run on them. What does that say to us, Chad? It says, under. <laughs> so yeah. all these Arkansas games are going to go under. He made a big deal about not forgetting about Rice and then playing Texas. They're going to show nothing to Rice. They're going to keep every player that they have in their back pocket, especially with a true freshman quarterback, penciled in a starter. He has to do that for recruiting reasons. So when he's out math for recruiting reasons, he can go to a hot shot quarterback and say, hey, if you go to Alabama, you don't have to fight for that job. With us, we're going to groom you. You can start right away, and we'll get you in the NFL, right? That's why he's starting True Fresh. But he's doing that with a huge, uh, expensive, I would say, probably paid a little money. to get all those guys to come back in that offensive line rather than going to the NFL. Remember, he's a great offensive line coach. He's put 13 guys in the NFL. He returns 10 guys on defense, nine on offense, to help out that true freshman. We talked about the cor uh, corporate governance. We have a guy that should be in jail by the name of Kendall Bryce, who permitted rape at Baylor University with his dad, Art Bryce. But in the South, they don't care about all that Me Too movement. They care about winning college football games. He's their offensive coordinator. Uh, he knows how to do more with less, right? Because Baylor won with uh, guys who got thrown off other programs for crimes. They go to Auburn. He gets him in a bowl game. His daddy's banned from coaching. <laughs> he got fired from the high school job where he tried to go to because of permitting rape as a head football coach. So he's never going to get a job again. Bryles has somehow survived that by working at Southern Colleges. Uh, defensive coordinator is Barry Odom. Barry Odom is a very introverted guy, but he knows defense like nobody's business. He's, he was a uh, head, first go, head football coach at one point. So uh, the SEC, since each program is getting $60 million, they can pay a lot of money to have a former head coach as their defensive coordinator. So even guys that should be in the NFL, they are in SEC staffs. So you got a lot of people coming on the system line. A lot of people on defense. You got a true freshman quarterback. Uh, I like them at Texas against Sarkeesian. Recruiting game, they win that game. That's going to be huge for them. I like that a lot, too. All right. And what are your thoughts on the Arkansas Razorbacks? Yeah, so I think you hit it on the head with the unders. I think unders will be nice with them. Um, you know, 
kind of how we talked about that talent gap being closer with the COVID year and everybody returning. I think Arkansas gets a huge benefit from that. I think they, I, I, I think they got, they got 12 games on the schedule here. I like them at worst to go six and six. I think, uh, I think seven and five is very doable. Eight and four. I think they could really have themselves a good year. Absolutely. Uh, and I think against the spread, they're going to be even better. Um, you know, last year they were three and seven overall, um, but they were seven and three against the spread. They were one of the best teams in college football against the spread. And we monetized um, it last year. So people who are in the college football podcast yeah. last year, where we say, hey, I love our Sam Flipman. We're going to take Arkansas. Actually, they were like plus 24 against Missouri. Yeah. And we, and, uh, we went crazy. Yeah, we're saying we're, we're going to take Arkansas outright. I analyzed the game and I was like, man, I'm going to take Arkansas outright plus 24 against Missouri. Uh, and again, that was like plus 500. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, and then um, that Texas game, I think, is huge. I think, uh, you know, with uh, who's over there at Texas? Sarkeesian, right? Right, Sarkeesian. I don't think he's the greatest coach in the world either. No, and he's proven himself as a head coach so far. And I, I, I think with Sarkeesian, the the style of offense he's going to want to run, he's going to need a year or two of recruiting the athletes to to right. effectively run that style on offense. Yeah, you um, know that better than most. So I, I, I mean, that's a good spot, and I, and I think Texas should be favored in that game. Um, uh, here, a little, you know, maybe if, you, if you're getting a touchdown or you're getting some points there with Arkansas, I think they're a, a really live dog in that game. Right. Uh, also, I kind of like them against Auburn um, at home. I think that could be a spot where Auburn's kind of looking ahead and not really too. Um, and that's their homecoming game, the home home homecoming game for Arkansas on October 16th against Auburn. Right. Um, in those yeah. games, we talked about homecoming game against a good opponent. Usually you pick a weaker opponent. Arkansas, that's where all the big money alumni is coming in. I can tell you for a fact, especially with NIL coming in, things going on, there's going to be high recruits there because Arkansas has their issues recruiting. There's going to be some cash exchange between those big money uh, alumni and those recruits at that recruiting game. So. 100% uh, agree with you on that. And let me look at, let's see if I can find this here. The Arkansas, I'll share the screen. Arkansas season total. Just looking at it, I'm like, what is that season total? So the Arkansas season total is five. Wow. Five. So yeah, I think Rice is one, Georgia Southern is two. Arkansas Pine Bluff is three. Missouri is four. So they have to win two out of the rest. Texas, possible five. Yep. At Georgia, doubtful. At Mississippi, that's possible. Oh, I mean, if you stayed at home, that's your six right there. Yeah. And Auburn, that, that Auburn at home homecoming game, they get that one, they're going to go to seven. I'll be seven. So our seven would be Rice, Georgia Southern, right? Two, Auburn, three, Arkansas, 
Pine Bluff for Mississippi State at home after a bye. Yep. Five. Missouri six. Yeah, and and at it being five and not five and a half, I think at your worst case scenario is a push. Right. Push at five. So Arkansas after. I got a lot of bets I'm putting in there. Arkansas over five. Yep. Sam Pittman in 110 starts on that offensive line. Yep. You got to know how to look. Some people, they pay me a lot of money up front, and I solved the problem in a half hour. And they're like, oh, man, thanks. But, man, you charged us a lot and didn't take you long. I said, because I know where to go. <laughs> so we know where to go on this football magazine because we've been doing it for years. If you try to do this yourself, it would have taken a long time. Maybe not better results, but if you do have better results, tell us because we're all in this together. All right. So now we're going to go to a team that I feel was on a down cycle last year and upcycle this year. Kirby Smart won a lot of national championships with Nick uh, Satan. They won that same defense that's run by Bill Belichick and Pete Carroll, won a lot of games. Uh, he always recruits very good. His defensive coordinator is Glenn Schumann. It doesn't really matter because Curry Sparks pretty much his own defensive coordinator. He has his hands on that defense. Offensive coordinator matters, right? Because uh, I hate when defensive guys try to coach offense and vice versa. It's always a disaster at this level. Uh, defensive offensive coordinator is Todd Munkin, who was the offensive coordinator for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's a former head coach. You're never going to shoot again again fired over there at uh, South Carolina or at uh, Southern Miss. There's, again, one of those things with uh, alumni wants to win the national title. I think Brett Favre was trying to get a head coaching job, whatever they cheated him. Uh, but not, Southern Miss hasn't been close to his goodness when this guy was the head coach. Now he's the defensive coordinator at Georgia. You got JT Daniels. She saw him play at USC. He gets hurt. Uh, Slowest family's best friends with uh, the offensive coordinator at USC. He leaves the program because he sees the writing on the wall. He actually won the starting quarterback job. They didn't give him any favors, but he looks good. He's bigger. Got 22 starts as a starting quarterback. Then you got uh, only 38 starts return on that offensive line, highly touted. We had that game against Clemson, first year game of the season. We're going to have to do some research on it. They returned five on defense and eight on offense. What are your thoughts, Chad Noah? Um, I think they are going to be, you know, debatably the uh, Alabama's toughest competition. Um, you know, but me got a text saying um um, my squeak in there, Mississippi might be decent. Um, you know, the familiarity with Kirby Smart and, and Saban, I think, right. uh, allows. And, you know, with this COVID year, I think it allows the talent gap to be pretty even. I think recruiting-wise, you know, Georgia and Alabama are a little at a, just a little bit higher level than every other school in the SEC. Um, you know, Kirby hasn't been great against the spread in his career. Um, 
I guess actually not. He's 37 and 29. Not not terrible, but uh that's that opening line. So people start being Georgia in the name. Uh-huh. We've got a lot of money going the other way because he he is the ultimate in keeping everything in his back pocket until he plays uh yeah. Florida, right? He's undefeated in Florida. That's a big rivalry between the coaches. The coaches get personal, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bulletin board material they give each other. And there's something going on between Coach Mullen and him where they really go at it. Yeah. He, he's never lost to Florida, and he's never not covered against Florida. All right? But uh-huh. he's, he's not covered for us with that original uh, or the, the subsequent inflated line. All right? Yeah, and yeah, I remember I uh, yeah, like then and the they played in that Peach Bowl to end the year last year. They were minus nine, and they uh, think they ended up losing that game to Cincinnati, didn't they? No, they they kicked like a sixty yard field goal at the end to beat them. Cincinnati really had that game won. Yeah, and again, you got you got you got to. Uh, I really felt the game in Atlanta that uh, maybe they're going to need some money change between the billionaires, alumni, and the refs. So once that line got to 10 and the other, because I know Coach Finkel, who won a national title with Urban Meyer, has a month to prepare. And this man, again, he was the state wrestling champ. I encourage everybody to look at Luke Finkel wrestling championship match where he was getting beat, this skinny guy. And then at the last second, he does a flip, body flames the guy, pins him, and wins the high school wrestling title in Ohio. He's a head coach. So I knew he was going to sleep. He was going to be ready for Georgia. And when the fourth quarter starts, uh, I knew he was going to run and control the ball. The ref comes in and throws the starting left tackle from Cincinnati out of the game. <laughs> yeah. So after that, the backup comes in, which is a pretty big backup. He's doing a lot of good recruiting, great uh, developing the team. Man, the quarterback at Cincinnati was running for the, his life. Uh, and uh, Georgia comes back, kicks two field goals, one a 60-yard field goal. Uh, Cincinnati had the ball with like five minutes left. They tried to run out the clock. They left like 50 seconds left. Pinned. Uh, Georgia deep. Uh, Daniels throws on fourth down to desperation pass. Guy catches it at like the 40. Guy comes in for a 60-yard field. But uh, those guys got a lot of experience in that game. But that game went under, and Cincinnati covered the plus 10. Yeah. Yeah, so I think Georgia, they'll, uh, they're going to win a lot of games this year, but I don't see them blowing guy teams out. Um, right. So I don't uh, those the smaller spreads, you you know anything under seven, you probably look the Georgia way. But when it starts getting 10, 14, 20 with Georgia, um, I, th- I think those bigger lines this year they're just they're gonna struggle to cover. I just the way that they're they're built and the way their style, um, I don't see them just putting covering 20, 30 points. Yeah, with, yeah, with JT Daniels, they'll again cover the Florida game because it's so personal. But to Chad's point, at Tennessee, later in the season, Josh Heupel, uh, look for them to cover a big line like that. 
uh, for the game to go over because uh, Hypo's an offensive coach and uh, Kirby Smart is going to put things in his back pocket, right, for the SEC title game after he beats Florida at Auburn, right? Definitely go Chad's way, the under, and Auburn covering that. The coordinators they have and all that. Uh, at Vanderbilt, either way. At home against Arkansas, I would go definitely Chad's way. So all those games, Arkansas, at Auburn, Kentucky, at Tennessee, and at Georgia Tech. Definitely looking at those dogs after the line goes up. So you, you, what you do is in finance to ensure result, you eliminate variables and cool variables. So using Chad's logic, right, and then having those lines be inflated, you give yourself a higher probability, which is 80% in anything to win. All right, so next team we're looking at is your Florida Gators. The Florida Gators, you turn only five on defense, five on offense. Uh, those guys got blown out as a lot of guys went to the NFL by Oklahoma in that bowl game. Uh, they're starting a quarterback, young quarterbacks don't do good in the Mullen system. Only 89 career starts come back. Uh, the fans there, alumni, are not very happy with uh, the defensive coordinator, Grantham. He makes over a million dollars, but they haven't been too happy with him. Mullins is his own offensive coordinator. What do you think about those Florida Gators? Uh, yeah, they're going to be kind of a wild card team for me, I think, this year. Um, I think quarterback play is going to be really interesting. Um, you know, they got a lot of, a lot of athletes back there. Um, so maybe they can compensate with uh, – maybe not having the passing yards that Trask produced with, with a lot more rushing. Uh, mm. I, I'm, I honestly, I think more, there's a, there's a good possibility multiple quarterbacks play right. as they try to figure it out earlier in the year. Who's their, who their guy is. Um, you know, they lost a ton at receiver with, you know, Pitts, um, Kyle Pitts. And then uh man, what can't think of the slots name. Uh, Kadarius Tony. Right. Um, you know, they, they lost a lot there athlete-wise on offense. So they will definitely, um, you know, only returning five offensive starters and five defensive starters in this COVID year. That's probably one of the lowest in the SEC um, on both like, combined. So, yeah, I just they're, they're going to be a, a, a big wild card for me, um, seeing that quarterback play early on and seeing how um, I think recruiting wise, they should, you know, be, have good athletes. I mean, they're a blue, they're a blue blood program, no doubt, right. not a developmental by any means. Right. No. Uh, yeah. Just. Um, yeah. So we're going to have to do the research. Uh, September 11th at USF. I can't bet that game because I graduated from USF, but I could see that being an inflated line to see how, USF does against North Carolina State, the plus 18 in that game. I know that USF returns over 100 starts on that offensive line. So that's Florida's the team we're going to have to look at. For Atlantic, again, that will be an isolated line at home. Uh, but Florida has to keep everything in their back pocket against Florida Atlantic and USF before playing Alabama and Tennessee. 
I can see them getting blown out by Alabama and then coming back and beating Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, being three at one, going to Kentucky. But you got to look at the, at those lines and that Florida, uh, Florida Atlantic, the Florida USF. Those games are going to mean a lot more to USF. Their coaches recruiting in that state. Then it's going to meet for uh, Florida. Right. Next thing we're looking at is your Kentucky Wildcats. Wildcats have uh, 62 guys, 62 starts coming back on that offensive line. They have five returning on defense, seven on offense. The five returning on defense doesn't matter as much because this is a developmental team, right, as far as the SEC is concerned. But they have Mark Stoops who's taking them to four straight bowls. He was a defensive coordinator at Florida State for the famous Stoops family, won a national title with his brother. Uh, new offensive coordinator of Lion Coleman. Spent the last three years with the LA Rams. Again, that SEC money, $50 million a year. And then that basketball program, Kyle Prairie makes a lot of money in the NCAA tournament. Defensive coordinator doesn't matter. Stoops is pretty much his own defensive coordinator. Great developmental coach, great strategist as the year comes along. Covers for us. That LSU game was ridiculous. They were like plus 40 at LSU. We covered that game easily as uh, Kentucky made a game out of it after being blown out by your Florida Gators. What do you think about Kentucky, Chad? Um, yeah, I think I think the COVID year is going to, you know, it's going to close in the gap on the top teams, I think. So that's going to make Kentucky very competitive all year long. Um, you know, the corporate governance stoops has been there not ninth year. Um, there's a lot of, you know, his, you know, it's, it's his program. There's a lot of, uh, just, he's been there forever. You know, that's good right. for a program. Um, uh, looking at some games here. Yeah. I mean, I like, I think I like Kentucky to be about 500 in the SEC, maybe a few games up. Um, being very, yeah, I mean, being very competitive this year. They're kind of like another wild card team, like, uh, right. like uh, the upside, I think, is going to be pretty solid for them. Um, you know, they, they haven't really had a, you know, breakout year. Um, you know, 2018, they were 10 and three. You know, and they followed up with an eight and five and a five and six. So I think if you go like off two year recruiting cycles, this should be an up year for them. Um, but yeah, that's about. I don't got too much on Kentucky. Right, it's a team we got to do our research. Yeah, they're probably gonna be four zero going to that Florida game at home. That's the yep. game you look hard at Florida. Uh, at that game, so. Do your research on the Kentucky Wildcats. They got Missouri. Uh, you played in that state. Uh, eight returning on offense, six on defense. A control freak coach, Eli Jerkowitz. He's his own offensive coordinator. Uh, the new defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, who was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, 
and a star defensive coordinator in the NFL. So you know, it's a guy that knows a lot of defense to keep him close in games and kind of coordinator uh, with the coach. Uh, kind of what they do is correlate. So the offensive coordinator, defense coordinator are in sync to manage the game, right? So that's what we call protected defense. He might not try to score quick, but he'll try to run clock to keep his defense fresh uh, and have his defense work and make that big stop because he has so much confidence in himself as an offensive coordinator and he's calling the plays. And they have 88 returning on the career starts. What do you think about your Missouri Tigers? They scored a lot of points last year. So last year, the play with them where I made money was going with the over. Yeah. Um, yeah, quarterback, I think it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, they're young there. They got a guy coming back that played played a few games for them last year. Um, they're I, I do like their corporate governance. I mean, their coach is very, he's a young coach, you know, that right. yeah, at, a, at Appalachian state. I mean, he had an amazing year, you know, Appalachian state was, you know, uh, was running that conference uh, for right. a while. So um, I think he's the type of coach that, you know, is kind of looking to make his, his, you know, his statement in the, in a power five conference. Um, so yeah, I'm looking, um, I'm looking at, at at them to be, you know, like I said, I think with this COVID year, I mean, that's kind of my theme is that right. everybody is a lot closer. You know, I think, you know, Missouri is closer this year to the Bamas, the Georgia, the Texas A&M, the Ole Miss, um, you know, than ever before. And, I, you know, I think in the, those four teams, you know, I think they win at least one, you know, if, if not two and two. Um, I think they're gonna, there's going to be uh, – you know, the team, the, the, the Missouri's of the conference, the Kentucky right. the conference, uh, I think they're going to win some of those games where in other years, you know, you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't give it to them. But this year, I think with everything being closer, uh, with everyone coming back, uh, I, 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 you know, they're, they're kind of, they're that, they're that wild card for me. They're in that Florida, Kentucky, Missouri, all kind of in a similar category for me that I'm just going to be, watching a lot early on and trying to see which way their teams are going. And, um, you know, as I continue, I need to do more research really on all three of those teams. They're kind of in similar boats. Yeah. Look at them. They look really good, right. With the corporate governance advantage, uh, central Michigan and at Kentucky, I could see them covering at Kentucky. Right. Yeah. Uh, Southeast Missouri State uh, at Boston College, right? Boston College has a great coach. Tennessee, they have an advantage because they're going to be a second-year staff versus a first-year staff. North Texas, look for that game to go over, right? North Texas yeah. has uh, Seth Cottrell, great offensive line. He can score on anybody, but defense is bad. Then Texas A&M at home. Yeah, I think that's a, a spot they could cover in too. Giving up a, a, a big lane, you know, 14, 17. I think they. Right. That could be. They're trying to blow them out. They're just trying to get out of there alive. 
Get them and, and they got a bye week the following week coming off of that Texas A&M game. So that kind of, you know, might allow them to amp up their play to another level, knowing they're going to have some time to recover. And they got Vanderbilt off the bye. So it's almost like two bye weeks. Right, because Ed Vanderbilt is going to be first year, and that guy's doing a full teardown of the program. Yeah. So they're looking just to get better, and I think to even win. At Georgia, like we said, you got to look at the spread. Georgia plus 30. <laughs> You're going uh, Missouri all the way because they have a decent team. South Carolina, another event. So South Carolina, uh, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. Second year staff. I mean, you know this guy's good, right? Uh, defensive coordinator is a star coordinator in the NFL. See, Wooks, Wooks against first year guys. South Carolina, Tennessee, and Vanderbilt. Florida isn't going to be as good as people think, and that's going to be at home right after the beat up young Florida team after they played Georgia, going up there to Missouri, and then at Arkansas, which last year was like the easiest over ever. That game flew over. So, man, look at uh, Missouri to pull those uh, outright wins in a lot of upsets. Mm-hmm. Or Missouri Tigers. South Carolina, I think this is a huge corporate governance against them, right? You got nepotism. We got Shane uh, Beamer, whose daddy was the head coach. And usually nepotism guys don't coach well. Look at uh, Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin hasn't had a winning year as a starting head coach ever, right? Uh, Marcus Satterfield, assistant coach for the uh, Panthers last year. So your offensive coordinator, uh, uh, Brady uh, type of guy, the the uh, office coordinator for LSU, and then uh, won a national championship with Burrow, Joe Brady. Uh, defense coordinator is Clayton White. Uh, and then a former head coach as a special teams coordinator where he's advanced. So his daddy that he that he uh, frames himself for, kind of copies, used to be all special teams in defense, returning six on defense from a horrible defense back last year, eight on offense. Uh, I think this is going to be a horrible year for your South Carolina Gamecocks. Yeah, I think Vanderbilt beats them. Right. And then at East Carolina, East Carolina has a great coach uh, in an up year. So at East Carolina, you want to look at an inflated line, people just betting SEC blindly and look for them to get blown out really at Georgia. And later in the year, when they become depleted, uh, look for them to get blown out by Florida, Missouri, Auburn, and Clemson. <laughs> Clemson for sure, because this rivalry game for Clemson. Yes. South Carolina. Yeah, four. This team you, you bet against. Yeah, this is a team you bet against. They're in an absolute complete rebuild and a first-year head coach, um, with no head coaching experience before this. Right. Add. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly like Vanderbilt to beat them outright there, October sixteenth. Um. Yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be between them and Vanderbilt for the worst two teams in the SEC. Um, yeah, they're, they're full teardowns. Yeah, exactly. They're both – South Carolina and Vanderbilt are both in full teardowns. Um, 
But I honestly think Vanderbilt's got a little bit more on the O line coming back, and a right. little bit more on the in the in the quarterback position coming back. So it's going to be at South Carolina, so you're going to get plus numbers against uh, Vanderbilt. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, yeah, definitely a team we're looking to fade. Um, you know, but then again, too, even though they're probably only going to win one or two games this year. Um, They'll cover half of them. Yeah, they're going to cover half of them. So we need to be, uh, you know, there's going to be spots where uh, they're going to cover. You know, they're going to – they are going to do their their part. Um, yeah, I think maybe towards the end of the year with that Texas A&M, Florida, Missouri, Auburn, Clemson, maybe uh, the market will get overinflated and they'll give them too many points. And there might be a point in there where we look to come back, you know, and take them. Right. If that number starts getting outrageous. Right. So, or, or, you know, they over, you know, Texas A&M, uh, you know, blows them out really bad. So coming up against Florida, they're, you know, they're, you know, where Florida probably isn't as good of a team as Texas A&M, but they're laying a similar number there from just one bad game, something like that, coming right. back that exactly. way. Exactly. You go the other way to get completely blown out. The next week, you're going to have a good number. Uh, yeah, and, the, and they're coming off that bye week, too, so they should be rested up with a good game right. plan. Right. And then, and then Kentucky, because Kentucky is a world beater. So even if they have a good record going, coming into that Vanderbilt game, uh, Vanderbilt could be able to match up with them and, and cover a plus 18, which they did with us with Derek Mason as a coach. Those lines got super inflated for Randall. We got to say, these guys have a little bit of pride. Don't want to get blown out two weeks in a row. Especially when you have a developmental team like Kentucky, who isn't that great. All right. So the last thing we're going to look at is the SEC. We made you a lot of money. We made ourselves a lot of money. Uh, with this podcast, it's your Tennessee Volunteers. Five returning on defense, five returning on offense which is mitigated by the fact that Josh uh, Heupel, uh, who won a national championship as a quarterback at Oklahoma, knows how to design an offense. And they played, uh, he was the head coach of our rivals at USF. And I say R, R because as head of the alumni group here in the West Coast, I actually donate significant amount of money to the USF. So I, I'm not like these uh, boosters who never even took a class at the the college and they're seeing us, but at least I, I graduated from a place and I give them a significant amount of money every year. So he was the head coach of our rival. You can't finish university. It really didn't matter what quarterback they had. His uh, offense is prolific and the reads are easy for the quarterback. Uh, they have a lot of talent on the offensive line, not a lot of experience, but that's going to be mitigated by the coach. They returned seven defensive guys for him the coordinator has to be very important to bring in uh tim banks last five years at penn state the so penn state had a good defense franklin hires well there's a good there uh what do you think about your tennessee volunteers you know i think i i don't really, don't really have anything on my spreadsheet is not pulling up for them right now so um yeah i mean yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. That's all I got. We, uh, you know, th this was a, a good preview of all these teams. Good getting the juices foam for everybody getting ready for the season. Uh, we both have some more, some more research to do. Um, 
as we, for, you know, further get, get in here into the season and get into more picks and, and specific games and matchups. Um, so, yeah, that's all, that's all I got for the SEC. Yeah, and, and look for Tennessee for a lot of those games to go over. That's it for the SEC. It goes close. Any closing thoughts, Chad? Uh, no, just I'm ready to kind of dig in, dig in deeper, farther, and um, here come back with some more content for the people with some more research and some more uh, specific matchups and specific details and uh, keep collaborating and making some money. Exactly, exactly. And the older I get, the more I realize it's a business decision, right? It's not philanthropy, not a moral, religious thing. You always get more by giving than getting. You always get 10 times more than what you give in the podcast and, you know, insight for people who listen to the podcast and going through things, preparing for the podcast made me a ton of money. So I'm very humble, appreciative, and have a lot of gratitude for that. And I always close with Winston Churchill, uh, the leader of Great Britain during the Second World War. They had great radio broadcasts, uh, radio broadcasts that got us through World War II. You make a living from your labor, but you make a life for what you give. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network. That's why this one goes cost $800, and that goes $200. And I don't know what that costs, I'm just shaking the word. That's why I wear goods and shoes and roll my butt, and I get a limousine.